السلام عليك يا أبا عبد الله السلام عليك يا ابن رسول الله السلام عليك يا خيرة الله وابن خيرته السلام عليك يا ابن أمير المؤمنين وابن سيد الوصيل والسلام على سيدنا محمد وآله الطاهرين Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah and welcome to episode number 29 of Reflections on Ziyarat Ashura brought to you by Mizan Institute. Allahumma fada'if alayhimu al-la'na mink wal-adhaab al-aleem Allahumma inni ataqarrabu ilayka fi hadha al-yawm wa fi mawqifi hadha wa ayyami hayati bil-bara'ati minhum wal-la'nati alayhim wa bil-mualati li-nabiyyika wa ali-nabiyyika alayhi wa alayhi wa salam We reach after those three la'ans that were sent upon Abu Sufyan and Muawiyah and Yazid ibn Muawiyah, we reach a general la'an again here. Allahumma fada'if alayhim wal-la'na mink wal-adhaab al-aleem. O Allah, multiply your la'an upon them and your punishment over them. And then from here on, in this part of the ziyarah, we have a repetition of lines that came in other parts before this of the ziyarah. And I've also explained, so I'm not going to repeat but we'll go, th- we'll go through it very quickly. It says, Allahumma inni ataqarrabu ilayka fi hadha al-yawm wa fi mawqi fi hadha wa ayyami hayati bil bara'ati minhum wa la'nati alayhim. Oh Allah, I see closeness to you on, in this day of Ashura that I'm reciting this dua or ziyara. And in this place that I stand or sit, fi mawqi fi hadha, where I'm standing. And in the days of my life, I see closeness to you. Through what? Bil bara'ati minhum. Through my disassociation, my hate of them and my la'na upon them. And I also see closest to you bilmawalati li nabiyyika wa ali nabiyyika alayhi wa alayhi wa salam. I see closest to you through having the wilaya of your Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi and the progeny of your Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa alayhi ajma'een. I see closest to you. So this is something that was mentioned before in the ziyarah. We don't need to go over that again. Then there are two two parts that come after this that are to be recited a hundred times each. The first part, once again, has to do with our bara'a of the enemies of Ahlul Bayt And the second part has to do with our salam to Imam Hussein and his companions and his children. And we'll get to that, inshallah. So, it says, Allahumma al'an awwala zalimin zalama haqqa Muhammadin wa ali Muhammadin wa akhira tabi'in lahu ala dhalik. Oh Allah, Curse the first dhalim, the first one who oppressed and trampled the right of Muhammad and al-Muhammad and the last one. In other words, everyone who had anything to do with trampling the rights of Muhammad and al-Muhammad, O Allah, my la'na upon them. Send your la'na upon them. Allahumma al'anil usabata allati jahadatil Hussein. But especially send your la'na upon the group of people that actually fought Imam Hussein that got together, they conspired, they gave bay'ah, they followed each other in killing Imam Hussein. Allahumma al'anhum jami'a. Curse all of them, O oh Allah. And then this is supposed to be said a hundred times, these lines that I just mentioned. Now here our scholars have said if you aren't able to, then just do it once. Some people like to add mi'ata marra after this which means, oh Allah, multiply this a hundred times. But uh, originally, the dua or the ziyarah that we have, the guidelines that we have for it is that it is supposed to be said a hundred times. 
But as I said, this should not dishearten anyone. If they can't do it, just do it once, our scholars have said. Then we do our we send our salams to Imam Hussein alayhi salam. It says, As-salamu alayka ya Aba Abdullah wa ala al-arwah allati hallat bi The same lines we had before. Salams to you, O father of Abdullah. And upon those souls that settled in your garden, alayka minni salamullahi abadan ma baqitu wa baqiya laylu wa nahar. Upon you, my salam, or the salam of Allah, abadan, forever. As long as there is a day, as long as there is a night, as long as I am I'm, I'm alive. And may Allah not, not allow this to be the last time that I am performing ziyara of you. As-salamu ala al-Husayn. Then these four famous lines come. As-salamu ala al-Husayn wa ala Ali ibn al-Husayn wa ala awlad al-Husayn wa ala ashab al-Husayn. And then once again, these all of this that I recited, which which was, starts with As-salamu alayka ya Aba Abdullah, all the way to wa ala ashab al-Husayn. This also is to be recited a hundred times. But once again, as I said, our scholars have said, if you can't or you don't want to, do it once. All right, so now there is one part of this last uh, section that I want to discuss a little bit. And that is the part that says, وَعَلَىٰ عَلِي ibn al-Husayn So in those four lines, As-salamu ala al-Husayn, وَعَلَىٰ عَلِي ibn al-Husayn, وَعَلَىٰ أَوْلَادِ al-Husayn, وَعَلَىٰ أَصْحَابِ al-Husayn We have two names and we have two general categories of people. Two names, As-salamu ala al-Husayn. Okay, we are, we've already spoken about Imam Hussein before and it is clear who he is. We also have Ali ibn al-Husayn. There is a difference of opinion on who this Ali ibn al-Husayn is. And then I'll talk about that. And then we have Ala awlad al-Husayn wa ala ashab al-Husayn. And may the salams to the children of Imam Hussein and the companions of Imam Hussein. Alright, so let's talk about Ali ibn al-Husayn here. Who is Ali ibn al-Husayn referring to in this part of the ziyara? There are two opinions here. Some say it's Ali ibn al-Husayn, Zayn al-Abidin salam, the fourth imam. Why is that? Because he's the next imam. He's the highest. And so it doesn't make sense to single anyone out except the next highest person in line after Imam Hussein. That's what some will argue maybe. Others will though will argue and say that no, although we of course acknowledge that he is the highest after Imam Hussein, but when we, when we look at the context of this of this ziyara, we see that this ziyara has everything to do with honoring Imam Hussein and honoring the companions of Imam Hussein and the shuhada that fell around Imam Hussein, those who settled in his garden and so on and so forth. And so if this is the context the ziyara is bringing forth, then it makes sense that when we say Wa'ala Ali ibn al-Husayn, that is referring to Ali ibn al-Akbar, one of the shuhada of Karbala. Now, why is he singled out then? The answer they'll say is very clear. Because Ali ibn al-Husayn is very special. Very special. Now, let me just open a small parenthesis here. I don't want to spend time on this. And there might be some questions that might come up after as well. But I have heard some scholars say that Ali ibn al-Akbar was so great that he had what it took to be the next Imam actually. But he was killed in Karbala. Some have said that even. Now, there will be some follow-up questions that will come in regards to this comment that they make. But regardless of all of that and maybe even the theological implications of that statement, what I'm just trying to say here is that 
Ali ibn al-Akbar is that great that some have even said that much about him. But it's not just his friends that speak of him this highly. Look at this. I want to share with you a story that's pretty famous. Some of you have probably heard this story about what Muawiyah even thinks of Ali ibn al-Akbar. So there's a story here that Muawiyah was sitting with his companions in a gathering. And so he brings up the question of who is it that is more deserving of having this khilafah and running the affairs of the people, running the affairs of the lands of the Muslims? So everyone, of course, I mean, they're going to say, of course you, anta. Then Muawiyah says, no, 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 no. Inna Ali ibn al Hussein. الَّذِي جَدُّهُ رَسُولُ اللَّهُ وَأَوْلَى بِالْخِلَافَةِ Ali, son of Hussein, he is more deserving of Khilafah. So now we hear this as Shia, we're like, yeah, look at that. The enemy even acknowledges how great Ali ibn al-Hussein is. And yes, this is true. I would say that he is acknowledging the greatness of Ali ibn al-Hussein, Ali ibn al-Akbar. But we have to be smart as well. And we're not going to get fooled by Muawiyah. When he brings up Ali ibn al-Husayn's name while there is a Hussein ibn Ali alive, then there's something fishy and shady about all this. What's going on here? And this is where scholars have pointed out. They say, do you know why he brought up Ali ibn al-Husayn's name? He should have brought up Hussein's name, alayhi salam. He didn't. He brought up Ali ibn al-Husayn's name. Why? Because Ali ibn al-Husayn, through his mother, is related to Muawiyah. Yes, he has some of that blood in him. His mother is the daughter of Maymuna. So Ali ibn al-Akbar, through his mother, his family tree goes up to Abu Sufyan. So yes, he's related to Banu Umayyah through his mother's mother. Through his mother's father, he is related to Banu Thaqif, that clan. And of course, from his father's side, Ali al-Akbar is related to the Holy Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa He is related to Amir al-Mu'mineen alayhi salam, Fatim al-Zahra alayhi salam. So he, um, he is seen from an, even a tribalistic perspective. He's seen as a very important person, a very significant and noble individual. And so our scholars have pointed out, do you know why instead of bringing up Imam Hussein's name, he brought up Ali ibn al-Hussein's name? Because he's related to him. Of course, this does not disprove the fact that Ali ibn al-Akbar enjoys a high rank in the eyes of the likes of Muawiyah. That's for sure. But this was a compliment, but at the same time, it was the opposite as well to Imam Hussein salam. But let's put, that side, let, let's put that part aside for now. This part that it, it's as if uh, Muawiyah is trying to turn away from Imam Hussein and he's focusing on Ali ibn al-Akbar. Let's focus on the Ali ibn al-Akbar part though. Okay. So it shows that this individual is that high that a person like Muawiyah is willing to take his name as the one who is deserving and befitting of Khilafah. That's big. But look, look as he goes on, you can tell, oh, it's very tribalistic. Because look at what he says. He says, Because he has the courage of Banu Hashim, the valor of Banu Hashim. And the nobility of Banu Umayyah. You see, <laughs> he injected Banu Umayyah into that sentence. He brought Banu Umayyah next to Banu Hashim in the same sentence. 
So he's trying to get away with this then. Although he is acknowledging the greatness of Ali and Al-Akbar, but he's, he, there is malice involved as well. If he had said Imam Hussein, he wouldn't have been able to use the name of Banu Umayyah in this line because Imam Hussein has nothing to do with that tree through his mother or father. Yes, Ali and Al-Akbar through his mother's mother is related, but not Imam Hussein. وَجَمَالْ وَهَيْبَةُ بَنِي ثَقِيف. He has the beauty of Banu Thaqif. He has the greatness of Banu Thaqif in him through his Aliun al-Akbar's mother's father. Okay? So, through his mother's mother, he reaches the Banu Umayyah. Through his mother's father, he reaches Banu Thaqif. And through his father, he reaches Banu Hashim. And so Muawiyah wants to point all of this out. One of them being Banu Umayyah. Now, of course, we have to understand, brothers and sisters, just because you're from Banu Umayyah or you have some Banu Umayyah blood in you doesn't make you a bad person. Just like if you have Banu Hashim blood in you doesn't make you a good person necessarily. Abu Lahab, the greatest, one of the greatest and enemies of Islam, of Allah, of Tawheed, of the Holy Prophet was from the Banu Hashim. He is the first uncle of the Holy Prophet the brother of Imam of Prophet Muhammad's father Abu Lahab. So just because he's Banu Hashim doesn't mean he's necessarily a good person. And there have been some who had some Banu Umayyah blood in them that weren't bad people. Of course, Ali and Al-Akbar is one of the greatest of all time. Okay, so what if he has some of that blood in it? But look, Muawiyah points this out. He's making it a tribalistic thing. Imam Hussein, the Holy Prophet, Imam Ali, they all came to fight tribalism. And then you're going back to tribalism. Point being, brothers and sisters, after all of this has been explained, that Ali al-Akbar, even in the eyes of the enemy, is a very noble individual. But who cares what Muawiyah thinks? Who cares if Muawiyah thinks of him highly or not highly? It doesn't matter. Let's move on and see how Imam Hussein looks at Ali al-Akbar. And for that, we can tell how great Ali al-Akbar was by the things that Imam Hussein says about him as he goes to the battlefield and he wants to fight the enemy. The things that are said here in regards to Ali and Al-Akbar are next level. Because when he goes, it says that Imam Hussein he raised his hands to the sky and he said, Allahumma shhad ala ha'ula'il qawm faqad baraza ilayhim ghulamun ashbahun nas khalqan wa khulqan wa mantiqan bi rasulik. He said, Oh Allah, be witness that the most resembling of the people to the Holy Prophet in appearance, in demeanor, in speech, has gone to the battlefield to fight. Whenever we would miss the Holy Prophet, we would look at his face. And then he starts sending his curse upon these people who want to fight Ali and Akbar. And he asks Allah to destroy them, to scatter them, and so on and so forth. Never do you find Imam Hussein speaking about anyone the way he speaks about Ali al-Akbar, and it shows that it was such a great deal for the Imam that this son of his is going to be killed uh, very shortly. And so we don't care what Muawiyah says about him. We care about what Imam Hussein is saying about him. Imam Hussein tells the world and for all of times that this was a person that was even in appearance was similar to the Holy Prophet When we looked at him, we saw the Holy Prophet there's a story here that has been mentioned. I'll share that with you. Usually, you know, I'll 
be careful about stories and narrating stories. But this was a nice story and I don't see any reason not to. It says that because it illustrates how resembling Ali al-Akbar was to the Holy Prophet It has been recorded in some books, this story, that a Christian entered the mosque of the Holy Prophet And so the people told that person, like, you're, you're a Christian, you're not allowed to enter this masjid. So he said to them, he said, but I've last night I saw in my dreams, I saw Rasulullah And with him was Isa ibn Maryam, Prophet Isa. And so Isa said, I want you to embrace Islam in the presence of Khatamul Anbiya Muhammad, the seal of the Prophet Muhammad For verily, he is the Prophet of this Ummah, of these people. And so I embrace Islam with him. And uh, now I've come to actually do this in person and refresh this embracing of Islam or let's say solidify this embracing of Islam by me with one of the people from his Ahlul Bayt, from his family, from his progeny. So it says that they brought him to Imam Hussein salam, And so he fell to the feet of Imam Hussein and began kissing the feet of Imam Hussein. And so once things went to normal, people settled down in that gathering, he told the dream that he had seen. And so Imam Hussein called for Ali al Akbar to come. And so he was a young child back then. Uh, uh, that's what it says. And he put him, he had put a veil on the face of Ali al Akbar. So they brought him to his father, Imam Hussein. Imam Hussein, he lifted that veil. And so when this Christian sees the face of Ali al Akbar, he passes out. And so Imam Hussein tells them to sprinkle water on his face. They wake him up, they bring him back. And so when he wakes up, the Imam asks him, he says, does this child of mine look like my grandfather Rasulullah And so this man, he says, yes, wallah, by Allah he does. So Imam Hussein says, hey, I have a question for you. If you had such a child, and then all of a sudden a thorn goes into like his foot, what are you going to do? He says, Sayyidi, oh my master, like I'll die, I can't handle that. He says, well, let me just let you know that my that this son of mine, I will, I, I will see him with my own two eyes as he is being cut up to pieces. And of course, the Imam is alluding to the day of Karbala. So this is a story that has been mentioned in some of the books. And it's talking about how resembling, it's illustrating to us how resembling Ali ibn al-Akbar was to the Holy Prophet So that's the appearance. Khalqan. What about khuluqan? Khuluqan, demeanor, akhlaq. What does that mean? What significance does that have? Well, the Quran says, وَإِنَّكَ لَعَلَى خُلُقٍ عَظِيمٍ O Prophet, you have a great khuluq, a great demeanor and akhlaq. You are an example for the rest when it comes to akhlaq. Wow. So Imam Hussein is attributing this to Ali ibn al-Akbar. If someone is that resembling to the Holy Prophet that Imam Hussein says such, then we can pretty much say that that person has a khuluq and azim as well. A great character. Wow, there's like that you never find this anywhere being said about anybody. So I think we're getting an idea, brothers and sisters, of why Ali ibn al-Akbar is singled out. Or why some might even be of the opinion that he might have been Imam after the Imam Hussein if he hadn't become Shaheed in Karbala. And his speech is like the Holy Prophet's speech. Now, either because of the pronunciation and how nice he pronounces things, 
or no, his eloquence in speech, or maybe even both. Whatever it is, brothers and sisters, what's for sure is that Imam Hussein salam will not speak of anyone like this. When he speaks of someone like this, we have that pretext. We can justify understanding that from the line of Wa'ala Ali ibn al Hussein, understanding from that that who is meant is Ali al Akbar alayhi salam. Assalamu ala Hussein, Wa'ala Ali ibn al Hussein, Wa'ala awlad al Hussein, Wa'ala ashab al Hussein. Walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa Hussain. <laughs>